Hello and welcome to Demimond Paranormal Podcast. In the new year, we are kicking off a new season, Season 7. And in tonight's episode, we will be zeroing in on a very infamous character. Somebody you may know as the most wickedest man in the world, or he's also known as the Beast 666 in the Master of Darkness. If you haven't guessed already, tonight we will be discussing the infamous Aleister Crowley, the English occultist, so wrapped in depravity that he was banned from the Mussolini-ruled Italy for acts of depravity. But before we get into all that, I want to take a minute and thank you guys for choosing Demimont Paranormal to listen to all your things that happen to be spooky and scary, creepy and dark. I hope you guys had a great Christmas or holiday spirit season and I hope you guys have a wonderful new year 2023. With that being said, we are also going to talk about a very haunted castle located in England known as the Sudley Castle. Now this castle is haunted by many spirits and not all of them are human. So if you are very interested in that, please join me. And without any further ado, let's dive right into the deep and learn about this very complicated man known as Aleister Crowley. Hello, and thank you for joining me for tonight's episode. For right now, I thought we'd start with a little background about Aleister Crowley. Who is he? And what made him the way he is? What was his childhood like? Who was he raised by? Where is he from? All those types of facts are going to be explained to us right now. So, Aleister Crowley was born Edward Alexander Crowley at 30 Clarendon Square in Royal Leamington Spa, Warwickshire, on the 12th of October, 1875. Now, his father's name was Edward Crowley, and he was a trained engineer. But his father's share in a lucrative brewing business allowed him to retire at an early age when his son was born. Alistair's mother, Emily, came from a Devonshire Somerset family and had a strained relationship with her son. Even his own mother described him as the Beast. Now, Alistair's parents had been married at London's Kensington Registry Office in November of 1874, and they were both Evangelical Christians. Alistair's father had been born a Quaker, but then he had converted to the Exclusive Brethren, a faction of the French Christian fundamentalist group known as the Plymouth Brethren. 
and also Emily, Alistair's mother, had also converted upon marriage. Now, Alistair's father was particularly devout, spending his time as a traveling preacher for the sect and reading a chapter about the Bible to his wife and son at breakfast every single day. Now, following the death of their baby daughter in 1880 and 1881, the Crowleys moved to Red Hill in Surrey. Now, at the age of eight, Alistair was sent to H.T. Habertson's Evangelical Christian Boarding School in Hastings, and then to Ebor Preparatory School in Cambridge, run by the Reverend Henry Darcy Chapney, and Alistair considered him to be a sadist. So, with that being said, in March of 1887, when Alistair was only 11, his father died of tongue cancer, and Alistair described this as a turning point for his life, and he always maintained an admiration for his father. He described him as a hero and his friend. Alistair inherited a third of his father's wealth, and he began misbehaving at school and was harshly punished by Chapney. Alistair's family removed him from the school when he when he developed abimnuria. He then attended Malvern College in Tunbridge School in both which he despised and left after a few terms. He became increasingly skeptical regarding Christianity and pointing out inconsistencies in the Bible to his religious teachers, and went against the Christian morality of his upbringing by smoking, masturbating, and having sex with prostitutes from which he contacted gonorrhea. Now, obviously, this child already had problems with his health. As we said, he contracted albuminuria, which is a symptom with people who have kidney disease. When Alistair was sent to live with a brother and tutor in Eastbourne, he undertook chemistry courses at Eastbourne College. Alistair developed interest in chess, poetry, and mountain climbing. And in 1894, he climbed Beachy Head before visiting the Alps and joining the, Sc the Scottish Mountaineering Club. The following year, he returned to the Burmese Alps, climbing the eager drift Jungfrau in Monk in Weathertorn, in Wetterhorn. As a student at the Trinity College at the University of Cambridge, he started to use the name Alistair, and he gained quite a reputation for his skill at chess. In 1898, he left the university without taking a degree. His own inheritance left him 
free to travel widely and arrange for the publications of his writings. His first book of poetry appeared in 1898, and numerous books followed. As a mountaineer, Alistair honed his skills on cliffs in Great Britain before taking part in pioneering attempts to climb Earth's second and third highest mountains, K2 and Kachanjunga. The K2 expedition of 1902 reached the elevation of 18,600 feet, while the Kachanjunga expedition three years later marred by tragedy when four of Alistair's fellow climbers were killed in an avalanche. Now it's said that Alistair had advised his fellow climbers not to take this route, but they were ignored. However, Alistair is said to have ignored the cries for help from the survivors of the incident. So we Alright, so on to our second and final segment for tonight's episode. Tonight we're going to talk about the Sudley Castle, a very, very haunted castle in England. Now this castle for the region has seen so much war, it has seen romance and royalty, and over its dynamic 1,000 year history it has such a colorful and eventful past. It's easy to see why so many spirits have lingered here from bygone eras and still wander the halls and corridors to this day. Now, naturally, there has been dozens upon dozens of unusual sightings and occurrences at Sudley Castle over the years. Some of them include a blacksmith hammering at the vaults, some see a young blonde boy playing in the garden, and even a friendly panting dog. A number of guests staying overnight have even been terrified by a heavy weight sitting on their bed in the small hours. There has been more than a few insightful ghostly tales that seem to pop up quite regularly. One of Sudley's best-known modern resident ghosts is seen to that be the formidable Edwardian housekeeper, a lady who is called Janet. Now Janet, after retiring, off to a nearby cottage in the early 1950s, returned to the castle weekly, but only to make life hell for her successor. Even after Janet died, she continued to spring up unexpectedly during these visits in the upstairs room, and she would like to run her finger disapprovingly over the furniture, and she would also love to alarm staff and visitors alike with her ghostly appearance. Janet's frowning, ghostly figure 
who wears a mop cap, a white blouse, and a long skirt, has also been seen keeping watch on the staircase, continuing her dedication even after death towards keeping the staff hold in line. It's said that Janet would patrol the staircase at night to ensure no after-hours took place. This means that she would try to keep all the young girls who were brought in to the castle, you know, as maids and cleaning people, to keep them in line without getting into trouble with boys. These were young girls, you know, in their teens and early 20s who try to find some early romance if you know what I'm talking about and Janet she hated that I mean she would rule the she rolled an iron fist shall we say and even after death Janet refuses to give up her duties even ghost hunters wanting to experience Sudley's supernatural side may want to take a walk down the haunted staircase it's said to be the most haunted spot on the site, and even if you encounter Janet for yourselves. Sudley Castle is said to be home to a royal ghost, Queen Elizabeth Parr. She was the last of King Henry VIII's six wives, and she lies entombed in the beautifully restored 15th century St. Mary's Church on the castle's grounds. Now, Catherine, who died only five days after giving birth, is said to roam the castle corridors looking for her infant daughter, who is said to have died around the age of only two. Now, a well-documented account of a ghostly encounter with Catherine Purr was recorded in 1860 when a worker of the estate named Fred Simmons was asked to fix a broken blind by the then by the Emma Dent. After reporting the blind by candlelight one evening, he was returning through the Shando's room when the candle suddenly went out. He then felt a woman brush past him. He heard her silk dress rustling. He presumed it to be Mrs. Dent, but upon on speaking to the, ca the castle's housekeeper, Mrs. Bayliss, he discovered that no one else had been upstairs at that time. He later confessed that sometime previously, he had taken a tooth from Catherine Parr's coffin, writing in his notebook, it could be so, so that the ghost of Catherine was permitted to roam over these old precincts, make night hideous, and to fill all with those who have been guilty of robbing the dead. Perhaps unsurprisingly, his wealth soon urged him to return the tooth to the cat to the coffin. Now let me ask you guys something. Why would you take a tooth from a dead lady's coffin and expect nothing bad to happen? Like, why would you do that just generally? I guess I'll never understand that. But anyway, the castle's barn even is said to be frequently haunted by a young girl in her 20s. A Victorian guest at the castle who has long auburn hair and wears a white dress. She is said to be playful and happy. It is also suggested that this is because she had a holiday romance at the castle and the barn is where she met her little lover. The castle evening is said to be haunted by numerous canine spirits 
Now this includes a large black Labrador, Labrador hunting dogs and two King Charles Spaniels. The King Charles Spaniels indeed are Emmett Dent's two beloved dogs, Busy and Juno, and they are buried under a mulberry tree at the castle. Now, according to Elizabeth, Lady Ashcombe, who has lived at this Sudley Castle for only 50 years, and she says that she has yet to encounter a ghost. She has never encountered a ghost. And to quote her, I say, I have been asked if Sudley Castle is haunted. She went on to say, and over the years, I have heard some strange and curious tales from visitors and guests alike. But, however, since the major renovations here in the 1980s, I have not been too worried about staying here alone or walking the corridors at night. The plumbers, electricians, carpenters, and decorators saw off the creaking floorboards and draughty passages, the noisy Victorian light pipes, the ill-lit corners, and the musty, damp rooms of my early days at Sudley. Now the only specters that seem to remain are the murderous screams of the peacocks at the crack of dawn. End quote. So that is the little story about the ghost of Sudley Castle. If any of my listeners have ever visited the castle or they live near the castle, if you've had an experience, please feel free to drop a comment down below and tell us your story. I would love to hear it. And if you know any other haunted castles or houses or whatever, fortresses, you name it, with a lot of historical background, Please drop a story or a comment, or if you would like to come on the show and tell your story or tell or some story that you know, feel free to get in touch with Demi Mont Paranormal. Alright, so on to our second and final segment for tonight's episode. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Sudley Castle, a very, very haunted castle in England. Now, this castle for the region has seen so much war, it has seen romance and royalty, and over its dynamic 1,000-year history, it has such a colorful and eventful past. It's easy to see why so many spirits have lingered here from bygone eras and still wander the halls and corridors to this day. Now, naturally, there has been dozens upon dozens of unusual sightings and occurrences at Sudley Castle over the years. Some of them include a blacksmith hammering at the vaults, some see a young blonde boy playing in the garden, and even a friendly panting dog. A number of guests staying overnight have even been terrified by a heavy weight sitting on their bed in the small hours. There has been more than a few insightful ghostly tales that seem to pop up quite regularly. One of Sudley's best-known modern resident ghosts is seen to that be the formidable Edwardian housekeeper, a lady who is called Janet. Now Janet, after retiring, off to a nearby cottage in the early 1950s, returned to the castle weekly, 
but only to make life hell for her successor. Even after Janet died, she continued to spring up unexpectedly during these visits in the upstairs room, and she would like to run her finger disapprovingly over the furniture, and she would also love to alarm staff and visitors alike with her ghostly appearance. Janet's frowning, ghostly figure, who wears a mop cap, a white blouse, and a long skirt, has also been seen keeping watch on the staircase, continuing her dedication even after death towards keeping the staff hold in line. It's said that Janet would patrol the staircase at night to ensure no after-hours took place. This means that she would try to keep all the young girls who were brought in to the castle, you know, as maids and cleaning people, to keep them in line without getting into trouble with boys. These were young girls, you know, in their teens and early 20s who would try to find some early romance, if you know what I'm talking about. And Janet, she hated that. I mean, she would rule the... She would rule with an iron fist, shall we say. And even after death, Janet refuses to give up her duties. Even ghost hunters wanting to experience Sudley's supernatural side may want to take a walk down the haunted staircase. It's said to be the most haunted spot on the site. And even if you encounter Janet for yourselves. Sudley Castle is said to be home to a royal ghost, Queen Elizabeth Parr. She was the last of King Henry VIII's six wives, and she lies entombed in the beautifully restored 15th century St. Mary's Church on the castle's grounds. Now Catherine, who died only five days after giving birth, is said to roam the castle corridors looking for her infant daughter, who is said to have died around the age of only two. Now, a well-documented account of a ghostly encounter with Catherine Purr was recorded in 1860 when a worker of the estate named Fred Simmons was asked to fix a broken blind by the then by the Emma Dent. After reporting the blind by candlelight one evening, he was returning through the Shando's room when the candle suddenly went out. He then felt a woman brush past him. He heard her silk dress rustling. He presumed it to be Mrs. Dent, but upon on speaking to the, ca- the castle's housekeeper, Mrs. Bayliss, he discovered that no one else had been upstairs at that time. He later confessed that sometime previously, he had taken a tooth from Catherine Parr's coffin, writing in his notebook, it could be so so that the ghost of Catherine was permitted to roam over these old precincts, make night hide hideous, and to fill all with those who have been guilty of robbing the dead. Perhaps unsurprisingly, his wealth soon urged him to return the tooth to the cat to the coffin. Now let me ask you guys something. Why would you take a tooth from a dead lady's coffin and expect nothing bad to happen? Like, why would you do that just generally. I guess I'll never understand that. But anyway, the castle's barn even is said to be frequently haunted by a young girl in her 20s. 
a Victorian guest at the castle who has long auburn hair and wears a white dress. She is said to be playful and happy. It is also suggested that this is because she had a holiday romance at the castle, and the barn is where she met her little lover. The castle even is said to be haunted by numerous canine spirits. Now this includes a large black lavender, Labrador, hunting dogs, and two King Charles Spaniels. The King Charles Spaniels indeed are Emma Dent's two beloved dogs, Busy and Juno, and they are buried under a mulberry tree at the castle. Now, according to Elizabeth, Lady Ashcombe, who has lived at this Sudley Castle for only 50 years, and she says that she has yet to encounter a ghost, she has never encountered a ghost. And to quote her, I say, I have been asked if Sudley Castle is haunted. She went on to say, and over the years I have heard some strange and curious tales from visitors and guests alike. But however, since the major renovations here in the 1980s, I have not been too worried about staying here alone or walking the corridors at night. The plumbers, electricians, carpenters, and decorators saw off the creaking floorboards and draughty passages, the noisy Victorian lead pipes, the ill-lit corners, and the musty, damp rooms of my early days at Sudley. Now the only specters that seem to remain are the murderous screams of the peacocks at the crack of dawn. End quote. So that is the little story about the ghost of Sudley Castle. If any of my listeners have ever visited the castle or they live near the castle, if you've had an experience, please feel free to drop a comment down below and tell us your story. I would love to hear it. And if you know any other haunted castles or houses or whatever, fortresses, you name it, with a lot of historical background, Please drop a story or a comment, or if you would like to come on the show and tell your story or tell or some story that you know, feel free to get in touch with Demi Mont Paranormal. And that brings us in conclusion for tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that little tidbit. Season 7 of Demimont Paranormal, Episode 1. As you know, I'm Tori, your host, and I hope to see you listeners here again for an all-new spooky episode of Demimont Paranormal here next week on Anchor by Spotify. If you guys have any suggestions of what you would like to hear about next, feel free to leave a comment. And without any further ado, I hope you guys have a great night, have a great 2023, and as always, stay spooky. Also, I have a suggestion, well, I have a little proposition to ask you guys. How would you like to hear about the San Pedro haunting next episode? Leave a comment if you think that's a great idea, if you ever heard of that haunting. I'm always looking for new stories to tell you guys. And that being said, 
Stay safe, make good choices, be kind to one another, and I will see you real soon.